Hi, Creepers. This is Unexplained Oregon, a podcast with two best friends talking about all things creepy, the unexplained, and the missing in the Pacific Northwest. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Unexplained Oregon. You can also email us at unexplainedoregon at gmail.com. We love our listeners' suggestions, and we love hearing from you. That reminds me, if you're a friend of the podcast and you want more people to find out about us, can you take a minute to go on Apple Podcast and give us a good rating? We appreciate that. Kim and I talk about real-life intense subjects on this podcast that could be disturbing to some listeners. We also use bad language. As always, be mindful and take care of yourselves. And here we go. Hi, Maya. Uh, hi, Mom. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Well, welcome to recording with me. And finally, we are sitting here together. This has been 22 years in the making. Mm -hmm. 22 (laughs) long years. I've been waiting to record with one of my kids. (laughs) It's a dream come true. (laughs) Check it off your bucket list. I know. We were just talking before we started recording about sort of the history of your love of true crime all things true crime because it started out where you didn't like anything scary when you were little i was terrified of it and i would like ask you to not watch the shows if i was in the room like yeah yeah and then what happened Uh, and then i (laughs) i I became a teenager and liked things that were a little bit darker Mm -hmm. and creepier and it was entertaining yeah, we were talking about how you're the first time that you really started liking listening or paying you know paying attention to true crime stuff was on a trip that we went on, mm-hmm. and we were listening to Generation Y. Yeah, yeah, and that was when we realized that we could like listen to podcasts. Podcasts yeah. were like still were just starting to get popular. Mm-hmm. And that was, what, five years ago? Yeah, five or six years ago, maybe. Mm -hmm. I still remember the episode. It was a Generation Wise episode on the Girl Scout. Oh, yeah. Girl, the girls, it was, like, in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. They were on, like, a camping trip and in their tents. And those poor girls, like, two girls got killed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Something like that. I remember the one they did on the, the Spreckles Mansion that one Mm. and I love that case too that's one Mm -hmm. of my favorite cases I don't even remember what which one is that it's Rebecca Zahal she is found like hanging after there was an incident with like her stepson falling off of the stairs yeah I don't know that I've listened to the episode but I've watched the there's like something on ID channel where they covered it yeah. That's such a good case. Such a good case. That's really scary, though. Mm-hmm. Really mysterious. It reminds me of this case that we're going to talk about today. Well, what are we talking about today? I know that you've been, like, dying to share this with, with me and with with the listeners, and I'm excited that you, you got to do <laughs> all the research on it, and I just get to listen today. <laughs> 
this isn't a case in Oregon, so I guess this is a case from another place, mm -hmm. and it is about Bryce Les Pisa. When I first heard about this story, I remember just being totally mystified, like, so confused. Just, it was one of those cases, like the Spreckles Mansion one, that stuck with me and made me think a lot, like, really, what in the world happened? And um, since then, I've done more research, I've listened to other um, podcasts or shows about uh, his disappearance, and there are a couple of uh, pretty legitimate answers and theories, I think, out there. Mm -hmm. um, but then when I was researching it and getting more details um, before recording this today, I just was totally mystified again. And there are so many things about this case that are just mind-boggling and mm -hmm. really creepy, eerie, weird. So I'm excited to share those things with you. I know you're already kind of aware of it though, like you've already heard and watched the Disappeared episode on it and stuff. Yeah. And the reason why we want to talk about Bryce is because we're going to tie this into cases from Oregon. We kind of started talking about, and actually Pontiff had sent us something um, like a Google Doc that someone had created that has like per state people who have gone missing like what's happened to Bryce, but also like their car being found and then without their car, I think also being found. So not only is the person missing, but their car is also actually missing as well, which is such a weird thing to mm -hmm. actually have your whole vehicle be, you know, gone as well. It's actually pretty hard to get rid of a vehicle yeah. or to have a, you know, a person disappear and then their vehicle also. So we're going to tie this episode into another episode where we discuss uh, people from Oregon that have gone missing in the way that Bryce has, in the same creepy way. But we thought we'd start with Bryce because it's such an interesting case. Like you said, it's been on Disappeared. Crime Junkies has done it. Mm -hmm. There's information on Reddit. But also there's another case that, that I was drawn to also with a, a young man like this that went missing. I, I want to say he wasn't far from where Bryce, I, I want to say he, he lived in Texas maybe. I'll look his case up. I cannot remember his name. And it was also kind of un, under mysterious circumstances, which got me going with this whole idea of like people disappearing while they're like in the middle of travel. Mm -hmm. Are you talking about Brandon Lawson? No. Okay. But that, that is too. such a good <laughs> it's case. One of my the guy that like has an argument with his girlfriend, gets in his truck to go to his dad's house, and has that freaking weird interaction on the highway mm -hmm. and calls 911. There's a creepy ass 911 call. It's yeah. Like, that's some of my favorite stuff with the 911 calls. I love that. Yeah. Kind of thing. If you guys haven't haven't heard of this case, definitely look it up. It's we'll probably really include one. some of it on a future episode cuz it ties into what we're talking about today. Well, he is in his truck and he disappears too and his truck is left behind. Yeah. Yeah. But we've got this creepy, like, 911 call mm -hmm. that he leaves. A, a bunch of people have tried to decipher, like, what he's saying in it. It's hard to understand. Because he, he has, has an, an accent, accent from, like, like, a southern accent. Yeah. So it's hard to understand him. He's still never been found. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited to hear about Bryce. Uh, and I can't wait to to get creeped. So So tell me about Bryce, Maya. It's so weird saying his name just because I've known. <laughs> 
inundated a lot of Bryce's in my life. <laughs> yeah. So Bryceless Pisa, he was born on April 30th in 1994. At the time this happened, it was in uh, 2013. He has, his two parents are named Karen and Mike and they'll play a big part in the story here. I'm gonna try and lay this out as smoothly and uncomplicated as possible over a time span of three days where this all kind of starts taking place. And so it starts out, he's in Rockland, California. He is a sophomore at Sierra College. He just had returned back to school after summer. I think it was like two weeks into the term. On August 28th, his roommate uh, calls his mom and his roommate's concerned about Bryce's behavior recently. He's just been acting weird, not like himself. He's been drinking, using substances, uh, and so he is just concerned and wants to concern enough to contact Bryce's mom. Okay. And um, this is, did I already say this is his second year in college? He's a yeah, sophomore. Yeah, you said he was a sophomore okay. and this was, he was starting like... His second year. Yeah. Okay. And I think he was working uh, towards like a degree in graphic design or something like that. Um, pretty smart dude. And um, Sierra College is just like a community college, I think. Uh, and he was just getting his credits before trying to transfer to a four-year college. Uh, that's just kind of more background about him. Anyways, sorry if you have to edit some of this. <laughs> it's okay. I'm glad you told me about the college, like, and yeah. what his... Kind of what he was doing. Yeah. yeah. So the roommate calls his mom, and that's kind of how the day uh, starts, or the weird, the first odd circumstance on this day of August 28th. And a couple hours later, she ends up getting a call from Bryce himself. He is 90 miles away uh, from Rockland, California, where he is going to college, and he has his own apartment and everything. He's 90 miles away in Chico, visiting his girlfriend, Kim, at the time. So while he's on the phone with his mom, she's like just checking on him, you know, concerned because the roommate had called her earlier and uh, Kim ends up talking to the mom on the phone as well. The mom's name is Karen, by the way, and she says Bryce is acting really odd. He's sporadic. He's not acting like himself and I don't think it's safe for him to drive. And she took his car keys away from Bryce. So the girlfriend calls the mom. Kim calls Karen tells Karen what's going on with Bryce and that he's acting really strange out of character and that she's going to keep his keys. Yeah, she had already kept his keys. I okay. believe that Bryce is the one that called the mom. I'm not sure who exactly called the mom. And then the, the girlfriend gets time. on the phone. But yes, yeah. during that phone call, uh, the girlfriend Kim does uh, talk with Karen. Okay, and this already after the roommate, roommate that has day like alerted. Had contacted the mom. Okay. Yes, so he is acting especially weird that day. Right, because I'm trying to think of what it would some odd behavior. It what it would take for a, a dude, another dude, to actually call like a parent mm -hmm. and like in a way kind of tattle on. You know what I mean? Like totally. it would take a lot for a roommate or an, a friend even or. Probably not so much for a girlfriend, but definitely for, like, a, another dude to maybe call a parent and say, hey, there's something up. So it must have been enough for it to really be, like, a Concerning. red flag. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So 
the mom says, okay, let me talk to Bryce. She talks with him. Bryce is saying like, everything's fine, mom. Like, I'm okay. I don't know what they're saying. Like, and she's like, well, okay, if that's what you think. She says that he sounds normal to her over the phone, as far as she can tell. And so she asks Kim to give Bryce his car keys back and she does. And so Bryce that evening at 11.30 p.m., leaves Kim's house from Chico. Does he break up with Kim? I believe so. Yeah. Um, the source that I mainly used for, to get these notes uh, didn't mention that, but I have heard from mm -hmm. other uh, sources, and I know on Reddit they talk about it, uh, that Kim, that he was breaking up with Kim, and there was some sort of fight going on and that sort of thing, and okay, just strange behavior. Well, I should mention that while they were on the phone talking, you know, the mom did offer to come and see Bryce. She could fly out and see him. She only lived a couple hours away, and he said that there was something that he wanted to tell her, and that he would talk to her about it later. Oh my god. And so he leaves the house, um, Kim's Ugh. house, at 11.30 p.m. Okay. And, and what day is this? This is, this the is first still the day, first the day. Okay. Yep. And so then 1 a.m. the next day or later in that evening, a couple hours after he leaves Kim's house, he calls the mom um, to check in with her and uh, let her know that he's driving. So that's fine. And in the morning, that's fine. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> that's fine. I mean, that's he fine. checked in with his mom and that's good. Yeah. What Go a good home. kid. Yeah, what a good kid. Um, so, so that fine. seems a little weird too, but maybe he had agreed to check in with her. Yes. And I think okay. that was part of it is she was like, okay, if I'm not going to come and visit you, then just keep in touch with me. You know, let me yeah. make sure you're okay that you make it back home from Kim's house. Okay. And so she's assuming he's driving back home from Chico to his apartment to college. In Rockland, um, California, in Rockland, California, which is about 90 miles away. Mm -hmm. Okay. But in the morning, Karen and Mike are alerted by their um, auto insurance company that there was a surface being used for um, one of the cars. And it was located in Button Willow, which was not near Rockland, California. That was in like the opposite direction, uh, more towards uh, Laguna Nigel, which is where uh, Karen and Mike live, so where his parents are at. It's more on the way to them as if he had been traveling to go and see them instead of uh, traveling to go home, which she was unaware of at the time. Which is so interesting to me. I, I The Disappeared episode is really good and, uh, you know, tracking all this chronologically. And I remember thinking how strange it was because our insurance doesn't... Well, I guess we do get probably an email if the towing service maybe was used. I think it could have possibly been like a credit card charge okay. for the, from the insurance or something too that was uh, used. I don't remember. Okay. Um, but so they get this note of like random notification thinking that, that Bryce is probably already home, mm -hmm. but instead they get this notification from the insurance company that some sort of towing service mm -hmm. had been used. At 9 a.m. Okay. Which is several hours later. Yeah. And so they contacted the car... <laughs> 
the tow truck driver? Yeah, they contacted the uh, company that had been accessed by their insurance company or by Bryce. It was a tow truck driver who had delivered three gallons of gas to Bryce. And so the mom's like, oh, okay, like, thanks for the information. She was a little bit concerned. And so the tow truck driver offered to go and check in on Bryce where he had delivered the gas. And uh, so he does. And Bryce is still there. He hasn't left yet. And so uh, she does get a hold of Bryce at that time and speaks with him and says, okay, well, you're in Button Willow, like, uh, why the hell are you in Why are you in Button Willow? Like, um, where is Button Willow? What's this name, Button Willow? Who comes up with that? <laughs> yeah, but like, imagine, so she thinks he's back at home. She gets a notification the next morning that he's, ax- his, he's out of gas. Yeah, right, which I think is really weird, too. Right. Because if you're traveling, I mean, and this is around, because... At this point, he's on the route back home. Button Willow is towards his parents' house. You know, it's not towards his apartment. It's not towards Chico. It's towards his parents' house. At this point, that is a route that he would have driven before. At least a handful of times. Mm -hmm. Like, he has... This is his second year of college. Like, he's done the route between his college and his parents' home, I'm Mm -hmm. assuming. You know, several Mm -hmm. times. So why is he running out of gas, you know, if you're pretty familiar with where the gas stations are, your car, like, you know, traveling that route, you sure, would sure. think that you would keep track of that, right? Right, and the other weird thing is, so the tow truck driver comes, gives you the three gallons of gas. Most people would just leave then and go, like, get on the road again, embarrassed maybe a little bit that they ran out of gas, but they're on the road again to get to wherever, probably to the nearest gas station, Mm -hmm. but he's not, right? I believe he's in the same exact place. So the truck driver goes for the parents and is like, I'll go check on him. I'll go just check back in on him and see what's up because and finds him still in the same spot, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And so she does get a hold of Bryce and she talks with him. Again, he seems fine and she's just like, okay, well, start, you know, heading back towards us, heading back home. You know, if you apparently he had decided to not go back to his college and he wanted to go see his parents. So she was like, okay, come. Um, finish the trip you're only a couple hours away mm-hmm. and we'll see you around like 3 p.m that afternoon so it is I mean somewhat of a drive to get from uh, Rockland California to his parents in Laguna Niel, uh, Niguel and so they kind of time that out again and he doesn't show up on time um, or or anywhere near it mm-hmm. and they wait hours and they wait a couple more hours until that evening at 6 p.m. Um, they file a missing persons report. So the investigators jump on it and um, they ping his phone right away and they see that he's still in Button Willow. <laughs> what? The Turns heck? out Button Willow is a really cool place. He just loved it there. He was out exploring. And, no, I'm kidding. He was still um, in Button Willow. He's only eight miles away from where he had been serviced with a tuck, uh, by the tuck, tow, oh my gosh. I know, I did the same thing. <laughs> by the tow truck driver. And it's hard to say it quick. Yes. It's weird. Yeah. I believe um, he's at a gas station at this point. Okay. Smart, smart. Right, which like would I make said, sense. that's what you would do, right? You have to have this tow truck driver come and give you gas. Your so you first, can get to the gas yeah. station because he was only given three gallons. Yeah, you know? and I'm looking it up. Rockland is. It looks like 
it's actually about almost seven hours from uh, his parents. His parents live, where they live is actually pretty close to like Southern California and like San Diego area Mm -hmm. down in there, LA area, whatever. He's way off track, you know, he's Mm -hmm. not even close because his his girlfriend's apartment would have been more north. Right. So he's gone from Chico all the way down to Button Willow, which we should look up where that is in terms of even being close to where his parents' house is. Right. He's just all over the place. He was just headed south and headed towards, like, the mountains, too. Like, keep in mind, he's there's the mountain range that runs through there. Like, driving through California isn't going to be, like, some easy, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's still in... Button Willow, and so the officers are able to locate, find his location and find him, and he's there. He's in his car. He's just sitting there. And so they do a sobriety test, you know, they ask him questions, and he seems okay. He seems alert. Um, They even checked his car for drugs and for alcohol, and um, he tells them that he was just there uh, blowing off steam before returning to his parents' home. And the officer calls his mom and puts the phone up to Bryce's ear, literally, because Bryce just didn't want to talk to his parents. He didn't want to contact them. Of course. I mean, do you really want your, you know, hey, I'm like not anywhere where you thought I should be or would be or said I would be. So it makes sense. Why would he want to talk to them? Right. I'm not sure. Because they had been trying to reach out to him and make sure that he was okay. Why wouldn't you just, you know, like shoot a text or give him a quick call and say, I'm okay. Like, Mm -hmm. give me some time. I'll I'll get there eventually, you know, like that sort of thing. But he didn't. So the officer pretty much had to like really force him to speak with the mom and uh, he reassured her that he was okay. And then the mom spoke with the officer and said, you know, he seems alert. He seems all right. And the mom's like, is he okay to drive? And the officer says, he's okay to drive. Yeah. So um, weird. And keep in mind, this is several hours. This is almost, this is an entire day, pretty much. Because at 9 a.m. is when he runs out of gas. And this is after 6 p.m. by the time they follow the, mis- the they file the missing persons report. Yes. And Jess is with us today on the the bed, so she's... It's bath time for Jess. It's bath time for Jess. Okay. Um, So this is... He's been there for several hours. So weird. So she talks with Bryce on the phone after the police officer gets there, and he reassures her that he will get on the road and start uh, driving towards Laguna Niguel, um, towards Karen and Mike. Several hours go by and he's still not there. And so the mom contacts the tow truck driver again, who had helped Bryce out. She doesn't contact the police. She contacts the tow truck driver who who goes and checks in on Bryce again for the second time. And he's still at the gas station? He's still there. He's still there. And at this point, I don't know what time it is. It's, it's later in the evening. And um, so... And this is on the 29th. And this is on the 29th, correct? This is the full day um, where things are just kind of weird. He, you know, he spent the majority of the day sitting in his car, it appears. 
Um, the tow truck driver talks with Karen and lets her know that he is going to make sure that Bryce gets on the interstate. Where he has been located at this gas station for several hours is right by the interstate. So okay. for some reason, he hasn't gone, just gone back onto the road and, and started driving. It, it's not like he was in some faraway place or that he could have gotten super lost. Like he was very close to the road. So he was by Buttonwillow at this point? He Yes, he was in Buttonwillow still. Okay, because Buttonwillow is about three hours to his parents' house. Right. So he still had about a three hour trip south. Right. Okay. Okay. Bryce, what are you doing? What are you doing? Just get, you know, get a Coke, get a get Starbucks, some seeds. get some yeah. good seeds, um, get start some your podcast, put start a pod Generation to... Y on Spangor again, <laughs> Crime Junkie, Crime Junkies, <laughs> something. Yeah. Get on the road, dude. Maybe an audiobook. I mean, you never know. So many good audiobooks out there yeah. right now. This time she is in contact with. Bryce while he's on the road and it is later into the night and he tells them at he is contacting them they're asking for like okay well uh, you know what landmarks do you see you know tell us what you're seeing and he's super vague um, doesn't really like want to talk to them and he calls them and says he's gonna pull over to go to sleep because it's like 2 a.m.? 2 a.m. Okay. Mm-hmm. Around 2.09 a.m. And at this point, it's August 30th, so it's okay. officially the next day. And so she says, okay, you know, when you wake up, just make it back home, finish out your drive. And at 8 a.m., uh, Bryce still wasn't there. And they get a knock on their door, and it's a California Highway Patrol officer. And he's asking them if they own a 2003 beige Toyota Highlander and they say yes and he informs them that it's been found and it was crashed down this uh, 25 foot embankment and it was flipped on its side and abandoned and so at 5 30 a.m. is when they had discovered uh, Bryce's vehicle on this access road that was at, uh, I'm not going to say this right, Castaic or Castaic Lake. Mm-hmm. Um, so at 5 30 a.m. they found his vehicle and the parents are just being informed at 8 a.m. I think that that's kind of weird, like that they didn't even get a phone call, like mm-hmm. that, that they waited to knock on the parents' door to let them know that they had found their car. The car was obviously, um, had been crashed and flipped on its side. The back window had been broken from the inside. Okay. There was blood found on the passenger's headrest, not the driver's. Weird. And blood found on the back seat as well. And not enough blood to show any form of serious injury. Like it wasn't a large amount of blood. Bryce's laptop and phone were in the car, and then his duffel bag and his wallet were outside of the car. So they believe that he had punched out the back window and climbed out of the car that way. Mm -hmm. Um, Possibly, like, cut himself on some broken glass or hit his head even. So that's 
um, mysterious. They also have uh, two photos of the car on this access road that they were able to capture like photos of his license plate. So they have video they of have it? They have video of it. Uh, okay. When he decided to pull off at around 2.15 a.m. is when they got the first photo. Weird. So very shortly after he told his mom I'm pulling off to, to go to sleep or right. to rest. And um, so they have that first photo and then there's a second one captured again at 4.29 a.m. of his vehicle on this road and it's just a dirt road like it's an access road that's going to a recreation site for the lake and so not a lot of people like it's not a main road that people would drive down mainly like maintenance workers that sort of thing there was like a cell phone tower nearby do you think that he knew about this area beforehand was there any indicator that he knew there was no indicator that he knew about this area also um they noticed that by the way the car had left its tracks, it was accelerating down this embankment. So it was intentional that he was going down this embankment. They don't know if he was, you know, purposely trying to wreck the car. Um, they stated that at night, the way that the lake looks out of the road, like it looks, there's a little bit of an optical illusion. It mm. looks like the road goes on further and that the lake is closer than it actually is or something like that. And okay. so there's possibly that he just was not seeing clearly as well because it was dark and at nighttime and he was possibly somewhere he had never been before. Like, Do you think um, he was trying to drive into the lake? Or maybe he was trying to drive into the lake, like, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. A couple of things before we start talking about theories of what in the hell happened. Mm. September 4th, which was five days after Bryce's car was discovered, there was a homicide three miles away of this man who was found burnt. There was a fire of this dude who was being burned, a body was and it uh, was apparently unrelated but i just think that that's really fucking weird mm -hmm. that that happened three miles away like very shortly after bryce's car had been found very mysterious and odd and then also they did start searching for bryce they were not able to find any tracks of him or his body nine days after the car was discovered they did have bloodhounds track his scent and they followed it down to the west side of the lake like across the dam that was on the lake and towards uh, a truck stop or like towards the direction of a truck stop that he could have easily easily walked to that's kind of it as far as everything that had happened and again they did search for him they did try and you know uh, look for him and had volunteers do the whole search party thing and, and weren't able to ever uh, track him down and after three weeks they called off the search officially of course, his parents didn't stop searching. They had been, they hired a private investigator. Um, they also had some uh, sonar done of like sonar search of mm -hmm. the lake completed. And after two 12 hour days, there was nothing found of him. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much searching that is in the I'm not sure how big the lake is, but they couldn't find a trace of him anywhere. And so, Wow. That's it. That's it. That's the beginning and the disappearance and everything. So do we want to talk about like theories are? Sure. Yeah. Okay. So I want to add into that, you know, his behavior since getting back to school was really erratic and the 
part that's interesting about that is he was drinking like apparently a lot of alcohol Mm -hmm. and that was not typical for him. And on top of it, he had been doing a stimulant of like ADHD medication by Vance, which is like, um, apparently pretty like common on campus as, uh, you know, to keep you awake, to be able Mm -hmm. to kind of give you that boost of energy, keep you awake. And in his case, it was so that he could play video games, mm-hmm. I just read. So it also, you know, there's a lot of, like, negative side effects that can come, especially if you're not used to taking anything or if you're mixing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and maybe, say, you already have something kind of going on. Maybe there was something kind of dormant in terms of his, could be in terms of his mental health. I mean, one side effect to stimulants can be psychosis as mm-hmm. well. You know, just having, like, never having maybe had experience with these substances before and then just starting to use them. Or maybe he was using them and his parents didn't know Mm -hmm. over the summer, too. They did state that they did not believe he was using any substances and that he had seemed fine that entire summer. Mm -hmm. And then just within these first two weeks of his sophomore year, he had been, you know, drinking hard alcohol Mm -hmm. and then uh, using these stimulants as well. Yeah, And I mean, he could have been doing both of those things without them knowing, and they just weren't aware of it. Definitely possible. Yeah, we we were just talking before this that as a parent, like, you should always uh, keep an open mind. And and if you think you know everything your kid's doing, Maya, uh, just kidding. (laughs) I mean, come on. We want to believe that we know, but it's also, like, really not realistic that you're going to know everything your kid's doing, especially as busy people. Like most of us work, most of us are... Especially with adult kids. Yeah. He's a 19 year old adult by now. Right. You know, he had already been through a full year of college. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This, this is so interesting on so many levels. Like his behavior had become erratic in just the two weeks he had been back. And also Hadn't he been giving things away? Yes. So that was another concern that his roommate had and that his roommate had made his mom aware of when he called on that first day, August 28th. You know, he said he's been acting not like himself at all. He's been giving away items, giving away his Xbox, which he used a lot. And then he also gave away a pair of his mom's diamond earrings that he had inherited, which was strange because those were special to her and she thought that they were special to him as well. So when she found out that he had given those away, that was definitely a red flag for her, I believe. Yeah, I think there's like a photo somewhere. Of, I think it was on Disappeared. It shows the photo of him wearing the diamond stud earrings. Yeah, I mean, those are always like typical... Um, you know, red flags that you want to look at when someone is maybe having, you know, suicidal ideations and, uh, and is formulating a plan around that. Right. It sounds like maybe he was, he was having something going on in terms of, uh, and then his, the fact that he said he wanted to talk to his mom about something. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, that brings up, could this have been his, you know, attempt to, I don't know. End his life. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely one of the theories. And Mm -hmm. that's the first one that I want to talk about is, because I think that one's kind of the main where a lot of people uh, think that happened was that 
because mm-hmm. of those first warning signs um, and because of the erratic behavior and, and crashing of the car, like that's dangerous, you mm-hmm. know, and him spending hours contemplating possibly while he was in Buttonwillow. What I, the only thing that makes me kind of question that, uh, well, there are two things. One, that his scent was traced by bloodhounds mm-hmm. to other areas out away from the car. I mean, that could be him going to a different area, a different part of the lake to harm himself or to end his life. But the other is that it's really hard to hide your own body, you know, Yeah. if you do that, you know. It's really hard to drown yourself right. also. Like, he would have needed to... Say he's in the lake right now, which we were just talking about another case that's on disappeared of a man who it, I would say it appears that he did go to the lake and, and harm himself and they found him later in the lake. But each, you know, you have to think about the body and bodies can be at the bottom of lakes. They mm-hmm. can come up later. It can take a while for a right. body to come up from a lake. And it hasn't. Yeah. And it's been years. I mean, okay. So another theory that is what I would like to believe is that he walked away from his life, that he just literally left the car accident and walked away and wanted to start his own life and is out there somewhere, not contacting anyone in his um, past life. And, uh, wanted to like escape the issues that he was having. Either that, or some people also think that he, and I think their private investigator, uh, also speculated that he possibly hit his head Mm -hmm. and has some sort of amnesia going on or some sort of, like, um, injury uh, that caused him to walk away and forget about his life and not be found. There, I think those are the main theories. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one that isn't on a lot of the sources and that wasn't discussed on Disappear either. Um, I found this on Reddit and I think that this is more likely and unfortunately like more realistic too in my mind. He was, his scent was picked up to be traced to um, like a nearby truck stop and I think that it's definitely possible that there were some drugs involved, maybe even harder drugs than uh, the stimulants and, and the alcohol that he was using. And he'd been waiting. I know some people speculated maybe he was waiting at this truck stop to meet with somebody. I think that that's definitely something that could be looked into more and speculated about more like what if he was there anything that they ever found like on his phone any other contacts i can't remember hearing anything like that he had been calling other people or texting other people but maybe he had another phone right totally totally there are there are other and in his vehicle was his phone his phone was found in the vehicle with his laptop which is what i think is also another indicator of of suicidal is um suicide i'm sorry suicide as the outcome of this because he could use his laptop his phone 
um, things in his wallet to start his new life. Even if he was just selling those items to that's get so cash, true. you know, for either for drugs, if that's what was going on, or for him to start his new life and to abandon his old life. But he didn't. Even if he had amnesia, like, unless he was walking around in like a very intense haze, like very, very confused state, why would he leave his phone and his wallet behind, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I just think that that's strange. Yeah, so the going to this like isolated area, uh, the video surveillance kind of shows him going back and forth maybe he was meeting somebody there maybe but then also the erratic behavior of driving down like the embankment and maybe he was headed towards the water in his vehicle to actually hurt himself and he just couldn't didn't make it all the way there climbs out leaves everything behind and just disappears like just disappears off the face of the earth so being tracked, I think, to potentially being picked up by, like, a vehicle or a truck driver or something and just starting a new life somewhere? Or what are the possibilities that he walked off into sort of the, you know, the area? What Do we know anything about the terrain? Or, like, could his could he have potentially ended his life in some way or, or you know, maybe even of exposure? Right. And, and that's the was thing. just never located. Yeah, they did search for him, though. Mm. And it kind of going back to the point, it's hard to hide your own body. Yeah. So I feel like if he had done that, if that was the case, that they would have found him. I don't know. So the last thing, obviously, is did he encounter anyone out there? Oh, that could be yeah. a possibility also, right? But right. then where would his body be? Right. Unless someone... Took him. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't so even weird. really think of that one as a possibility. Well, yeah, I guess only that's because totally... of the person that is found. Yeah, murder. there was a homicide yeah. that had happened. That's so right. Yeah. Okay. Gosh, this. I remember the first time. I mean, I've probably watched this episode of Disappeared so many times. I mean, I, and it still is just mind blowing that you know this three day period of an, an intense uh, road trip to nowhere Mm -hmm. maybe he had even witnessed some foul play or something Mm, going on out there out there yeah i wonder or maybe he was like i don't know they didn't mention any other car tracks though maybe he was like ran off the road possibly Mm. and there were other people there why they would be brandon lawson yeah just like with brandon lawson why they would choose a recreation site like an access road who knows Uh, who knows i mean that's yeah they could i didn't really think of that what's interesting to me is did he have do we know if he had any like previous issues with uh depression anxiety suicidal ideations does there any anything any indicators of that before this his parents have said no Mm-hmm. and have um, denied any sort of issue that they have noticed with their son. I mean, but like we said before, a lot of things can be going on with people and can be easily hidden mm-hmm. with parents, kids, with literally anyone in your life, you know, so. Right. You never really know no. sometimes. Yeah. Okay. Wow, Maya, this is quite a case of mystery. And what do we need to know about Brandon? 
like what what are his uh what's his description and and if anyone you know knows anything or has seen anything or has any theories even could always email us or definitely if you know and for any information contact the los angeles county sheriff's office at 323-890-555 or the official tip line at 949-292-440 um, the tips can also be submitted through email via uh, find bryce less pizza um, it's b-r-y-c-e L-A-S-P-I-S-A at Gmail. Um, he was last seen wearing white cargo pants, um, a blue and white checker shirt, size 12 red and white Nike shoes. He was 19 years old. He weighed 170 pounds and was 5'11". He has red hair. And um, if you know anything about him, reach out. Also, if you know anyone in your life who's struggling with, or if you are struggling with any sort of mental issues or um, drug addiction issues, there are several uh, numbers and resources out there for you, so look for help. That's a really good point. Thanks, Maya, for pointing that out. There are a ton of um, national uh crisis resources uh, and local ones in most people's counties there is a crisis line that you could call if you're thinking of hurting yourself mm -hmm. and so it's just a quick google search yeah for, and you will have access to those numbers will pop right up for you mm -hmm. yeah and maybe you know maybe that would have been good information maybe maybe someone had had given that to Bryce. Um, and I think the people in his life tried mm -hmm. to help. I mean, it sounds like having a friend and a girlfriend that are like, you know, it sounds like they did not, they were not prepared and they, especially for his erratic behavior. So they were doing the best they could mm -hmm. and certainly didn't expect to have this outcome. Of course. Yeah. I want to just point out the tow truck driver and how amazing it was that he was willing to like go out of his way to help this, to help Bryce and his parents. Like he didn't have to do any of that. Mm -mm. And that almost makes me think that he also noticed that Bryce was acting kind of weird. And maybe he was a, maybe he's a dad. Maybe he had like, you know, n knew what it would be like to have like your kid behave in that way. Or, or... maybe he had similar issues mm -hmm. um, that he believed Bryce was struggling with as well. Thanks, Maya. This is such a good case. And like I said, we're going to continue to follow up on some other similar cases that are from outside of the state of Oregon. I mean, California is in our neck of the woods. And actually, some of these places are not, you know, California is not not too far from. Okay, well, we're, we're close to California. <laughs> and, and we're going to continue with these mysterious cases of people who have gone missing who either have been found, people who have gone missing with and without their vehicles being found. There's like, it's still so creepy to me, like to have, there's so much evidence they found in his vehicle that adds to the mystery. But then when someone goes missing and their vehicle is missing too, that is so bizarre to me. So weird. So we're gonna keep talking about it. Thanks for coming on, this was fun. Of course. <laughs> Let's do it again.